Welcome to Inspiring End-of-Life Conversations with Nina Impala. Do you have questions about death? How about events surrounding death? Or perhaps you have questions that need to be answered after death. On this program, we talk frankly and openly about the subject and invite you to share your comments and experiences as well. Now, here is your host, Nina Impala. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in today to another episode of Inspiring End-of-Life Conversations. Today, our show is appropriately with uh, my guest, Ronnie Capen Rivera Ashford. And we're going to be talking today about Dia de los Muertos. She is the author, along with her son, of the book Coco. Ronnie Capen Rivera was born to a pioneering Jewish family. She grew up in Nogales, Arizona, on the U.S.-Mexican border. Ronnie's great-grandparents came to the U.S. as immigrants from across the ocean. France, Poland, Romania, and Russia is an accomplished international bilingual award-winning author. Her stories come from her childhood days growing up in the Sonoran Desert in a bilingual, multicultural world where she still lives and writes. Ronnie has spoken Spanish and English from birth and sometimes dreams in Spanish, too. She was a bilingual preschool and elementary school teacher and translator interpreter for nearly 30 years. As an educator for more than 35 years and a presenter for nearly 15 years, Ronnie has shared with audiences of all ages. She's presented to toddlers, through senior citizens, students, educators, librarians, parents, and community members around her home state of Arizona and across the country, all the way to Montevideo. Uruguay and South America. I'm thrilled to have her on here. She is a very interesting lady. So welcome, Ronnie, to the show. Hi. It's great to to be here. It's it's a real honor for me to be on your show. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, you're welcome. And I just thought, you know, I really wanted to tie in Dia de los Muertos. Your, your Spanish is way better than me, so feel free to, <laughs> to to correct me if you need to. But I just thought it would be such a great show to have to talk about the importance of our ancestry. And not only that, the other thing that I really got, Ronnie, and we'll talk about it on the show today, is teaching children about death at such a young age, which is something that doesn't happen in America. Right. Yes. Yeah. It is. It is very important because. We, it's, it's such a natural part of life. And, it is. And, it's, and if we can teach our children from a young age, whether it be through um, the loss of a pet or if it's a loss of a loved one, that, that we embrace it with love and tenderness and uh, share about it like they do in the movie Coco. Yes, um, like they do that, in the movie. It, it it can be something beautiful that that we remember our dearly departed, which is going to be a cycle that's going to continue happening in our lives. Um, instead of it being traumatic, we can celebrate their life and the love and the memories through pictures and artifacts that have been left to us, and and also events and traditions that have been given to us that we can continue in our own lives and pass and on is, to the next generation. Yes, and this is the this is the beauty of of Coco and the beauty of Dia de los Muertos. You know, I really wanted to ask you, how did Disney find you? And you wrote the son the book with your son Eron, right? The two of you wrote it together. Right. Yes, so tell yes. us a little wrote, bit about that. My, I, I invited my son Aaron, or Adon in Spanish, to, to uh, co-author the first book with me that Disney asked me to write. And I, I can tell you a little bit about that. It happened after, well, they were already making the movie, which I had no idea. I had not heard about the movie. Um, but I had just come from receiving a couple of awards for my third bilingual book that was uh, published by Cinco Puntos Press 
and it's called My Tata's Remedies. Tata being grandfather or Mm -hmm. Los Remedios de Mi Tata. And it's a book about natural healing and uh, plant herbal remedies. Uh, It's a nonfiction book and it has a lot of cultural traditions in the story. Mm -hmm. And that, that book won a couple of awards. Well, it won several awards nationally and internationally, but um, the last two awards it won were through the International Latino Book Festival um, that is founded by Edward James Olmos, Mm -hmm. the actor and director. And I think he's a producer also and activist. And from that award, it got Disney's attention because Edward James almost is actually in the Coco movie. Yes, um, he is. His, He's Chich- Chicharron. Yeah, his, his voice is Chicharron. Chicharron. Um, the, and that's the a skinny old, little guy. Uh, skeleton that's in the hammock, right? That guy. Okay, yeah, because that, that guy was, mm. yeah, because he was forgotten. And we're going to talk more about that. Yes. So that was uh, almost, huh? I didn't know that. Okay. Right, right. That that was him. And um, so he's in the movie. And I believe recently in the last few years, he's moved his studio or his workplace onto um, the Disney location. And so he and he works together along with Disney and the Disney editor from the children's uh, group that was working with Coco. They asked him to give them a list of award winners from the children's oh. books from his International Latino Book Festival. Interesting. And that is how they found me, along with the cultural consultant, one of the three cultural consultants on the Coco movie. Her name is Marcela Davison Aviles, and she is from Nogales, Arizona, uh, the border town that that I grew up in, she also grew up there, and our families have known each other for generations. So it sort of came as a, a double winner, you know, win-win situation. Oh, and, my goodness, and Disney, yes. Disney reached out to me. Well, and the book is really beautiful because the book um, not only gets into um, Miguel learning about his family and his ancestors, but also the what else is tied into it is the if I say it correctly, Ronnie Alabrijes, the spirit animals. Alabrijes, uh huh. Alabrijes, yeah, the spirit yes. animals, and how that was tied in because in the movie it was so beautiful. I really didn't know what they were until Dante mm-hmm. actually turns into a spirit animal. I think it was towards the end of the movie, and he looked so beautiful. <laughs> But, right, right. Dante, Dante turned into a spirit animal, and then so did Pepita. She, she turned into um, the very beautiful, um, large animal at the end that was protecting everybody. Right. And that's that right, Miguel. Yeah, like a big phoenix, sort of. Yes. Yes, yes that's kind of what it looked and, like. Go ahead. And, and the alebrijes are, I, I just learned about it myself. Actually, my son is the one who did the research about that for the story. And he, um, he taught me about it. Uh, just like in our storybook, Senora Sena, the teacher, Miguel's teacher at school, teaches the students what alebrijes are. And that they are spirit animals. They've been in um, the Mexican culture for over a hundred years and they came about because they came to an artist in a dream. Um, And that's where he began the tradition of having the animals being spirit-like because it came to him in a dream. See, and this is the beautiful thing about the story and about Dio de de los Muertos is the not forgetting and and you right. tie something into this, which is so beautiful. I mean, to my audience, there's just such a bigger picture here going on for Ronnie as well. You know, because of your school teacher, because you've written all these other award-winning books, and there is a piece that I'm going to try and put this in such a beautiful way. 
you actually kind of included your ancestors in this story. And they weren't forgotten because they took the name of some of the characters in, in the book, correct? There's a... Well, um, uh, Senna in the book, to, the teacher, Senora Senna, uh-huh. is actually um, someone who has passed at that time. She had passed when she was just 71 from... Um, she had thyroid cancer and she had um, the very debilitating arthritis that she had been suffering with for many years. And she and I were very dear friends since we were in college. We became educators together. And so when we were, when my son and I were writing the story, of course, you know, he brought a lot to it by, he's a very great researcher and writer, and he brought in all that history. And my being a lifelong educator, I wanted it to have a classroom setting. And that's how we said it. And then when we wrote, uh, you know, the teacher's name, I said, you know, I want it to be Senora Sena after my, my friend, Christina Sena. And so, yes. And then there's a butterfly in there. And of course, butterflies are synonymous with, I believe, with connecting our world to the spirit world. Yes. Um, and, and so there might, we incorporated the butterfly in there as well. And, and they're all on the cover. That's what's really beautiful. And there's also a story in here about a red-tailed hawk that I'd like you to share with the audience because all of this is so important, you know, and, and sure. basically what we're talking about in the show about, you know, our ancestors and it's important. So tell yes. us about the yes, red-tailed hawk. And, and the red-tailed hawk is one of the symbols that, that for me, um, are my brother and my brother, Mark, who passed away in 2006 when he was 49 and he, he died of tongue cancer. Mm. Um, and the last several, the last, I would say year and a half of his life, I had the opportunity to spend time with him every week. Um, I made it uh, part of, part of my commitment to the final phase of his journey here on earth. And I knew he was going to pass. He knew he was going to pass. And it was the first time I've ever had that kind of experience. Um, No one else around him would talk about the reality that he was going to die. And Mm -hmm. when I would visit him, we would spend time together alone. There was a time where he could not even no longer speak, Um, but he would write on a notepad. And I asked him to give me an image or two of how I would know that he was connecting with me, communicating with me from the other side. And the red tail hawk was one and the rainbow was one. And those, those images come to me when I need them. And I know he's there. So beautiful, Ronnie, you know, and you were so, you were so incredibly, what's just blessed to be able to have that time. And and it's like you said, this was the first time that you ever went through it. And to me, you know, and talking to you about your books and, and celebrating Dio de los Muertos, it's so important to really just, and that's what inspiring life, inspiring end of life conversations is about. It's exactly what you're talking about right now because you got to experience death. And I think too, when you're that close, you get to feel the other side. I read a really interesting book the other day. And one of the things that they said is when you're either near people dying or humans being Mm -hmm. born, Mm -hmm. you kind of get splashed Mm -hmm. on from the other side. Doesn't that make good sense? Because you're close. Right, right. Right? You're on that precipice. You're on that divide, you know, where it's like between life and death, whether it's birth or whether it is death. And when you're as close to it as you can, there's experiences that we will never, ever forget. Right, 
Right. Yeah. And 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 I will say that um, he he lives in uh, he lived in Nogales on the border where where I lived and we all grew up. But now I live sixty miles north of there in Tucson. And at that time, when he was back in his home after going through a lot of radiation and chemo and losing most of his tongue and not being able to speak anymore. So, like I said, I would go visit him once a week. And that was very sacred time. He would would ask me to come into his bedroom and close the door because the rest of my family uh, was not accepting of this kind of talk or I would bring meditation music um, and I would talk to him and he would respond sometimes mumbling and I could understand what he was saying or he would write things down. And that's Hey, Ronnie, we got to go to break and I want to hear, because I want to talk more about this and uh, we got to go to break. Sorry to interrupt you. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Nina offers an alternative to traditional counseling. Sessions are not just 50 minutes, but a full hour. When you go in for a regular counseling session, many times you don't remember everything. Nina's difference is a summary email after each session and or a follow-up phone call if needed up to two weeks after. Nina also provides hospital visit consultations as necessary. Sessions with Nina and Paula are $250. And if you book a three-session package, you will get a $100 discount. Let's get you feeling peaceful and happy again. Losing someone we love is one of the most challenging, fearful, and heart-rending experiences we are ever likely to face. In her book, Dearly Departed, Nina Impala shares stories of her experiences as a hospice volunteer for more than 12 years and how those experiences prepared her for the final days of her own parents. Nina emphasizes the importance of being a good listener and living a good life. Dearly Departed by Nina Impala is available in paperback or Kindle edition through Amazon.com or your favorite book retailer. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Inspiring End-of-Life Conversations. If you have a question for Nina Impala or her guest today, call into our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to tutoringforthespirit at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. We're back with Ronnie and Coco, so welcome back. And we were hearing the wonderful experience that Ronnie had with her brother and the special time that that they got to have together just before he died. So, Ronnie, if you wanted to just continue with that, you were talking about such beautiful things that were happening with him. Yes. Well, one of the things, my brother uh, was very talented and... He wanted to be, besides being a businessman, he was definitely a cowboy, a very macho cowboy and very macho businessman. And um, at that time, I only had one book published, my very first book called My Nana's Remedies, Los Remedios de Mi Nana. And he was very proud of that. And I had been for many, many years, the, uh, some people call it the black sheep of the family. Yeah. I like to call it the ugly duckling because okay. the ugly duckling turns into a beautiful swan. Yeah, <laughs> right? that's, yes. And, um, and he was telling me, uh, 
this was at a time where he could still talk a little bit. And he said to me, this is your time. Your time is coming. Okay. So, um, realizing that this was a journey of many months as he was passing away, uh, losing his life here on earth, um, as time went on and the time that he couldn't talk anymore, I, I remember one time having the courage to ask him to do me, to guide me, to be with me from the other side. Mm. And after I asked him for the symbolism and he gave me the red tail hawk and the rainbow, and I said to him, you know, I know that you haven't been able to accomplish here on earth what you wanted to and that you're very creative and talented. And I said, I also feel that I'm creative and I love to do creative projects and to write. And I said, so please from over there, send me your energy, guide me and you from there and I from here and we'll work together as a team. Mm -hmm. And well, now you can see, I never expected I would be contacted by Disney. Um, right. And I think my brother had a hand in that, you know. I think, <laughs> I think you're right about that. And yeah. I think the other thing that you said that I, I really liked to mention is that when, when people are passing away, they get another sense about them. I mean, was your, was your brother ever, was he a very spiritual man before um, he was diagnosed with cancer, or did that open him up during his cancer process? It, it, I think it was always there, but it was very it was very hidden by a lot of other human um, dark experiences. You know that it was kind of covered up. But once he got into this phase of uh, realizing that it was he was his life was ending, he really did tap into the spiritual um, very deeply. And he would ask me, because he knew that I was there, um, he would ask me if I thought that he was meant to stay here or that he was meant to go. Mm. And uh, and he needed some comforting. So um, I... I remember one day asking him, because I could see this look of terror on his face, mm. and I asked him, are you, well, first, I'm going to back up a bit and just say that every time I would visit him before I would go in, I would ask for myself to be surrounded by divine energy, and yes. I would ask for divine guidance to mm. say the right things, because Perfect. I had my own normal human fears. Yep. Um, about talking death? about dying, something that yeah. I've not experienced before with someone else. And this is my little brother, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. it, it, it was, it was uh, frightening for me, but I would ask for guidance and it, I know it always happened because the things that came out of my mouth were like not normal for me. And I remember that day that I saw the terror on his face. I asked him, are you afraid to die? And here's this big macho guy, you know, um, with tears rolling down his cheeks. And he just nodded, yes, affirmatively that he was. And I held his hand and I said, you're going to be okay, Mark. You're going to be okay whether you're here to stay or whether you continue your life in a different way. And... um, Then uh, within a couple of weeks, about two o'clock in the morning, I was awakened by um, a dream, a thought that I was having, and I could hear it. I hear hear messages often, and Mm -hmm. in the past, I didn't pay attention to them, but it woke me up, and there was a phrase that said, hold my hand, hermanito, and hermanito's my little brother. Okay. And um, I thought, wow, that is beautiful. And I think I need to write something with that. That will be my title. And, of course, it was two in the morning. I wanted to go back to sleep, right? Um, And I was going to go back to sleep. And then 
I felt a nudge from my writing muse or my angels that said, no, 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 you can't go back to sleep because you won't remember that in the morning. Yes, it's true. So, yeah. It's true. I mean, that's sort of like when we're connected to the other side a bit more, right? And it comes in very quickly. And so that's what I find. It comes in very quickly and also leaves very quickly. And if I don't take care of it at that moment, it's gone. Right. Right. And I got that sense from the nudge they were giving me. So I just tapped my husband on the back. I said, I'll be back. I've got to go to the computer. And I I came to the computer just so that I could put in the title. So I wouldn't forget it, like you said, Nina. And Mm -hmm. guess what? I was here maybe 15 minutes and the whole poem just came out. It was, I call it a download. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> it's the download from the other side. It is. That's exactly what it is. Oh, you have to read it for us. Okay. I'll be happy to do that. So do we have time right now? Absolutely. Okay. All right. So I wrote this on March 13th in 2006. Um, and it's called Hold My Hand, Hermanito. Don't be afraid. Come. Take my hand, and I'll walk with you while we talk about your dreams of the home you are leaving and the new eternal home, friends that await you with open arms. Hold my hand, hermanito, like you used to when we played outside in the springtime, on the swings, in the cool breeze, and the warm Arizona sunshine. Hold my hand, hermanito, like you did when we were at the seashore in the sweet summertime on the gentle San Diego beaches. Mm. Hold my hand, hermanito, so I can remember what it was like to be with you and so I can feel with my heart and never forget what it will be like when you are ready to come and take my hand. Until then, be at peace. Rest your heart. Trust that the divine plan never fails. I'm here to hold your hand until your guardian angel asks me for it. Then, with the tenderness of a white dove's coo, the face of a baby hummingbird Waiting to be fed, I will place your hand in his so he can guide you home. Oh, I'm surprised you, I would cry. (laughs) That was really touching. (laughs) That was really beautiful. Well, and you know what's um, miraculous to me is that this came to me in the middle of the night. I shared it with my brother. I left it a printed copy with him, and I think he read it often. Within about a month that I came back to visit, I would come every week, but like a month later, he wrote me a note, and he said, "I'm I'm ready to go whenever my guardian angel is ready for me. And... Um, that, that just felt so comforting that he was ready and he was comfortable and able to say it. Yeah. I'm sorry. And said, and able to say it, that is, that is a, that is a big deal, you know, because I think when we listen to people, I know in all my years of hospice, they will Mm -hmm. always let you know in some strange way that they're leaving, that it's time that they're ready. You know, don't you think they hit yeah. ears different, different hearing and sight than we do because they're so close to dying? That's what I think. Right, right. Yeah. And and if you remember, he could at this point he couldn't talk, so he had written this note out for me. Oh, I that see. He was mm-hmm. ready, and and he said, "Life on Earth is amazing, and and I am ready. I'm ready for." when my guardian angel and God and my angels are ready to take me. And um, if you remember, I wrote this March 13th. Uh-huh. 
he he passed away July 3rd of that year. So that's like, what, four months later, right? Yeah. April, May, June, July. Yeah, four months later. Um, he, we didn't know how he was going to pass. I remember maybe a month before he passed, and when I was saying goodbye to him, I I said, solo Dios sabe, only God knows when and how this the end is going to come, and I don't know if I'll be able to get here in time, because I lived right. an hour away. And it so happened that he went into a coma for about 40 hours. Mm-hmm. A- and I was able, of course, I was able to get there, and I was there for like the last 35 hours. And there were 14 other people there, you know, other siblings, my stepsisters, my stepmother, my father. There were many people, and um, we would take turns at his side and holding his hand. He was yeah. lifeless, but he still was breathing. And they're there. And they can hear everything. Believe it or, believe it or not, at the, at the end of his, his final breaths, I, of course, being the ugly duckling, I would not be, like, trying to vie for a spot to be holding his hand. But right. I was. I think it was a divine intervention. Mm-hmm. I was holding one hand. My daughter was holding his other hand. And it's just like my poem. Hold it my is. hand, hermanito. It was like a premonition. Yeah. And right when he took his last two breaths, he squeezed my hand. Aww. And he... He opened one eye and he looked at everyone. It was as if to say, I'm out of here. And a couple of tears came out and he squeezed my hand and he was gone. That is a, that story is really, it's really beautiful. And it ties in so well. Here we are on your show and kind of like, I, I always write out my shows, but then I think most of the time God has other plans <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. so did your brother. <laughs> so here we are talking about not being forgotten, about the importance right. of our ancestors and our ancestry and the spirit guides and all these beautiful things. And your brother, who is just a perfect example for us, to reflect on the fact that you can have a conversation with your your loved ones before they die if it's if it's right and it's and you're they're open to it i would definitely do that please you know communicate with me from the other side let me know how you are i mean i just think that's a really beautiful thing and the fact that children get that message as well ronnie Oh, man, I would love to see that here. When you go out and you speak um, to different kids, whether it's this book or some of your other books, do you get into some of the aspects of dying in ancestry? Do you talk about your brother then, too, or is that kind of just what happened today? Um, Not usually because it's most of the time, well, in the past, it has been, um, that I'm mostly speaking to children like elementary school age. Okay. And, and of course, I think that that should be a topic, but, you know, the schools have different rules. And I know. What kind of yeah. questions do the kids ask you, by the way, on some of your books? You know, just like a typical, like inquiring minds want to know, you know, like five and six-year-olds and seven-year-olds, they just have the best questions. Right. They, do you they recall do, anything? They don't generally <laughs> ask too much about, well, they okay. don't ask about death. Okay. Um, they'll, they'll ask about the spirit animals and what that means, what it signifies. Um, and most of the time we have my other books along also. So mm. they'll talk, they'll talk about different aspects of my other books or we'll, they'll talk about, um, speaking Spanish, and mm-hmm, you know there mm-hmm. are ma- there are many different aspects. But now it's really interesting now with um, the pandemic and COVID, and I'm not I'm not doing in person um, speaking at Story this time. time. I probably won't for the next year. But mm. um, there there are virtual opportunities coming up. Oh, good. 
So that might, that might open up some different doors. I mean, Monday I'm going to be doing a talk for Bank of America, but of course those are all adults. And so there may, this will it's be a little bit thing. different. It will be a similar topic of conversation. Yeah. Well, listen, we've got another, um, Mm -hmm. we've got another break coming up, Ronnie. And uh, when I want to talk a little bit more about symbolism, when we get back, especially the bridge that I saw in the movie Coco in, in, of the marigolds kind of like trying to figure out what all that means and get a little bit deeper in to some of these topics. So we'll be right. Okay. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Nina offers an alternative to traditional counseling. Sessions are not just 50 minutes, but a full hour. When you go in for a regular counseling session, many times you don't remember everything. Nina's difference is a summary email after each session and or a follow-up phone call if needed up to two weeks after. Nina also provides hospital visit consultations as necessary. Sessions with Nina and Paula are $250. And if you book a three-session package, you will get a $100 discount. Let's get you feeling peaceful and happy again. Losing someone we love is one of the most challenging, fearful, and heart-rending experiences we are ever likely to face. In her book, Dearly Departed, Nina Impala shares stories of her experiences as a hospice volunteer for more than 12 years and how those experiences prepared her for the final days of her own parents. Nina emphasizes the importance of being a good listener and living a good life. Dearly Departed by Nina Impala is available in paperback or Kindle edition through Amazon.com or your favorite book retailer. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to inspiring end-of-life conversations if you have a question for nina impala or her guest today call into our program at 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 or send an email to tutoring for the spirit at gmail.com now back to this week's program okay and we're back with ronnie and coco and we've been discussing a lot about ancestors and not being forgotten. And here we are with them. Um, what's your brother's first name again? I know you probably Mark. said it. Mark. That Mark mm-hmm. um, is definitely not being forgotten today. And hi, Mark. <laughs> it's on the other side mm-hmm. helping, helping mm-hmm. us with the show today. Um, so, you know, in, in the movie as well, there's so many beautiful um, there's so much beautiful symbolism in the movie, I think, too. And one of the uh-huh. things that I always wondered about, and I don't know if there's anything to it, Ronnie, or what, but there were lots of marigolds in the movie. And uh-huh. then the bridge uh-huh. is made of marigolds. Is there some kind of significance with that, with the bridge from earth to the other side and the whole not being forgotten and all that? Because Hector, as we know in the movie, just people were forgetting about him, so he couldn't come home, which, and to right, actually right. come to Dio de well, los Muertos, right? Yeah, and, and visit his family. And so I was just wondering mm-hmm. if you could give us any any um, wisdom uh, on any of that. The, you know, I haven't, I myself have not done any research on the marigold symbolism. It's just mm. the symbolism I have given it since the movie. But I do believe that it's something, it's a, it's a traditional flower, um, marigolds and mums, chrysanthemums, okay. that mm-hmm. I know, I learned from my mother-in-law, that those are the flowers that were used a lot to take to the cemetery 
okay. for Dia de los Muertos. And oh. I think it's possibly because they are hardy and they do well at this time of year when it's not too hot and not too cold. Oh, and, and they're very, and they're very colorful. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and the marigolds themselves, you know, the petals are, are so easy to just, um, just how they made them in the movie that they, they almost look like butterfly wings that are, they, you know, yes, right. Yes. And yes. And the butterfly yeah. is the, Symbolism too um, for bringing lost spirits home. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. So um, something that I that I started using a phrase that I started using that just feels very comfortable from my heart when I'm when I'm sharing about. I mean, my father passed away a year and a half ago, and mm. um, you know the phrase that I I really feel comforted by is saying that he's gone across the Marigold Bridge. Um, I know a lot of people say the Rainbow Bridge, that, that yeah. like their pets or someone has crossed the Rainbow well, Bridge. In the movie, it's so beautiful and so grandiose. And you see yes. all the families going to go visit their families on Earth. And it's so joyful and joyous and, and just, it's beautiful. And, and then right. the other... Actually, part of that that I was going to ask you about, I wanted to get this in in the show today, was the symbolism of All Souls Day. So there's a little bit of Catholicism in there, don't? Wouldn't you say just culturally, maybe, or no? Am I off on that? Oh no, I think definitely there is. Yeah, yeah. I I felt there's that way too because the off the altar it's called the ofrenda. Is that the altar? The ofrenda, ofrenda. with uh-huh. ofrenda. Uh-huh. Where they have all and the pictures and flowers of of the family members that they set up that altar right before Dia de los Muertos. Right, and it's an offering. It's an offering to their loved ones of food or you know some a pic their picture and something special, a special object that was special to them when they were here. Mm-hmm. Or something, or something special like like Miguel in in our book, Miguel and the Amazing Alebrijes. That he makes some alebrijes that are symbolic for um, for his uh, not for for Mama great, 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 great. His, Yes, his great great grandmother. Yes, um, that that he made. You know, Pepita the cat and and Dante mm-hmm. and put yeah. those on. On the ofrenda, on the, the characters altar for were her. so great. The characters so, were so great in the movie. They really were. Yeah. It it really. I mean, it's a movie that I've watched several times, and I, I think it's something in our world right now, with our ancestors. I mean, even thinking back on my own life, if I go back to my great grandmother and the history of how she came to America and. What she did to my grandfather, and oh my God, there's some stories when you go back into your ancestors and really start asking uh-huh. questions and trying to find right. out where people came from and and all of that, you know, and not forgetting them. So right, heck, right, and then, and then incorporating food flavors and aromas, and it's, mm-hmm. it's also important, you know, it's all such a an important part of the human experience. Is and food. Sometimes those are the memories we're left with. How somebody smelled, you know, their perfume, or oh yeah, if they smoke a cigarette, or you know, and sometimes we will have those aromas come by us when that person's already gone. And and I have read and experienced it. It just yeah. means that they're around, and and that's why we're smelling that. I agree with you. And the other thing for me that was always really hard when uh, my own mom passed away is that seat at the table that she doesn't sit Mm -hmm. in anymore. You know, she was an incredible cook. And in the Hispanic cultures, too, the food is just it's so traditional, what they eat and what they do on especially being in, in the Catholic faith. There's just certain things that you eat on certain days. Right. Right. Yeah. 
So does well, Theo do you know there's, Go ahead. there's another another I mean there are so many stories related to this topic that we could yeah. probably take another hour, which I know you don't have right now, but no, but go um, ahead. I want if it's no okay more. with you, I would like to talk about a dream that I had. Well, you know how what um, hold my hand in manito came to me. You could say in a dream, and mm-hmm. um, in the last, let's see, we're in in the last eight years. I had the honor of meeting a gentleman who was at that time ninety six years old. And he was the first Latino governor of Arizona. Um, He was also three-time U.S. ambassador um, under two U.S. presidents to El Salvador, Bolivia, and Argentina. And he lived, he decided to retire. Um, So when he retired the last 25 years of his life, he lived in Nogales in my hometown. Okay. Um, because he loved living in a border town. He grew up in the border town of Douglas, Arizona, but he was born in Cananea, Mexico. Okay. And um, his, his name was Raul Castro. And not, not Fidel Castro's brother, Raul Castro. This is Raul Hector Castro. Okay. <laughs> and okay. He, he he would tell me that they they got him mixed up a lot. They thought he was Fidel Castro's brother. Poor but guy. Um, anyway, I got to meet him, and it was really an honor. And I felt like we were kindred spirits. His birthday was I tell him his birthday was two days after mine, but many years before. Okay. And um. And when I met him, I brought him my first two books. I only had two two bilingual books published at that time, and I brought them to him as a gift. And he gifted me his autobiography that he had written. And within a month or two, I went on a long trip and to to do some um, consulting work and author presentations. And on that trip, I started reading his story. And mm. I was just amazed by it, how much he had gone through and so much discrimination. And um, it was just amazing how he persevered and he never gave up and he didn't let the discrimination hold him down. Good for him. And um, I just loved his story. And I don't dream, I don't remember my dreams often. I know they tell us that we dream every night a lot, but I don't remember them very often. And one night on this trip, uh, I had a dream and I woke up in the morning with another title in my head. And it was Raulito Becomes the Governor. And I thought, oh my, I guess I'm supposed to be writing a children's book about his life. Uh So, So I got on the phone and I called my girlfriend in Nogales who was friends with him. And I asked her if she would go and and tell him about my dream and ask him, tell him that I wanted his blessing to write his story for children. And he was delighted. He said he had been wanting to have his life story written for children or young people, and he didn't know how to do it, and that he would be very thrilled for me to do that. That's so And so it has taken... Uh, I wrote it and I shared it with him and he gave me his blessing for it. I wrote it to be a children's picture book and it's taken me seven years to get it into the hands of the right publisher. And it's not going to be a picture book, but it's going to be a YA young adult chapter book. That's wonderful. And, and it will be out in March. So that's, that's um, so great. That's what's keeping you so busy. I know that um, we are getting a little short on time and there's, I want you to tell us the names of your other books for everybody, your children's books. Well, do you want me to tell you the names or give you the website and then you can all see? I actually, yeah, let's give us, give us a a new, there's the website is up, but by Monday, there will be a newly rebuilt website that will even okay. have the Raulito on there. Oh, and, fantastic. Um, so my website is butterflyheartbooks.com. 
Com. Okay. Everybody get that. Butterfly book. Butterfly but, book. ButterflyHeartBooks.com. Books. Oh. Yeah. Books is plural. And okay. and I gave it that name. I feel like my brother sent me that message. I agree. Um, and it's mm-hmm. because butterflies are loved no matter what color they are. And they are not kept out from anywhere by walls or borders. They're That's free true. to go wherever. And I write from my heart. And yes, I write books from my heart. So oh. that is butter, Butterfly Heart Books. It's been such a pleasure to interview you today, Ronnie. It really, really, it has been a wonderful pleasure. I Thank want, you. how many children's books do you have out right now? Right now I have six. And Raulito, um, the first Latino governor of Arizona, which will also be bilingual, will be out in March. And that will be my seventh book. That's fantastic. Congratulations. And thank you so much for being on the show today and just enlightening us about Dia de los Muertos, learning about your brother, and really bringing in the fact of the importance of our family ancestry. That's what I wanted to talk about today, and I think that we did do that, Miss Ronnie. Thank you, Nina. It's been my pleasure and an honor for me to be on your show, and I would like to tell all of your listeners, encourage them. Um, if you have a, some special loved ones that have already crossed the Marigold Bridge, talk to them. Ask them for help and guidance, and just uh, give them a clue of what you want to see, and you will see that they are there with you. So true, Ronnie. Thank you so much, dear. Keep doing what you're doing because it's great. Okay? You too. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh Bye-bye, Ronnie. Bye-bye. Muchas gracias. Okay. 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 Bye-bye. So that we're at the end of another episode here. It was such a great show. And Coco is just such a good movie. I've watched it so many times myself. And it's it really has a beautiful message in it. Ronnie's little book, Coco, has got beautiful message in it. And it's always very important to remember where you come from. Also remember that your your ancestors are right there, always ready to help you. Just ask and they'll be there. So have a great rest of your week, everybody. And thank you for tuning in. It's always appreciated. And bookmark me if you'd like, because I would like it too. Okay. Have a great evening. Bye-bye. We hope you have found hope in this week's edition of Inspiring End-of-Life Conversations. Please join your host, Nina Impala, for another program next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again soon.